Hey, good morning, everyone. My name's Tom, and I'm one of the pastors at Evergreen Ministries, and it's good to be able to share this message with you. And um, we're continuing to uh, our series on Nehemiah 4. First of all, I want to say again, we're sorry about uh, not being able to hook up with you guys on Zoom today. I guess they were having troubles nationwide with that. But uh, hey, I am excited to be able to share with you uh, chapter 4 from the book of Nehemiah been a great series so far and uh, this morning uh, we're going to talk about keeping faith and how important that is when we follow God's vision for our lives. I have some selected uh, texts that I'd like to read from Nehemiah uh, chapter 4 and so let's uh, let's do that right now. Um, then the Jews who lived near us came and told us ten times over uh, wherever you turn wherever you turn they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords and spears and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and uh, fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. From that day on, Half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears and shields and bows and armor. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held weapons in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet, he stayed with me. Then I said to the rest of the people, The work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there our god will fight for us so we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out at that time i also said to the people have every man and his helper stay inside jerusalem at night so that they can serve as guards by night and workers by day neither i nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes each had his weapon even when he went for water uh, this is God's word, and uh, may there be praise in the church because of it. I want to talk about keeping faith uh, this morning, and uh, again, I'm, I'm excited uh, just to share a few words here about Nehemiah chapter 4. It's really, I think, one of the great passages great uh, of Scripture. It's just a gem hidden in the Old Testament, but it really can, I think, encourage and strengthen our faith and our commitment to Jesus uh, as we look at it and meditate on it today. You know, there are several things that we need to encourage our lives if we're going to live meaningfully for God and we're going to be faithful to Jesus. We need faith. We need vision. Uh, we need love. And we need something called endurance so that we just don't get wiped out. We don't, we don't get tired. I think these things are huge gifts, uh, gifts that we need from God and from each other that need to govern our character, uh, so to speak, uh, to be, uh, that, that we can be sentinels of God's healing message in this world and, and work to make that message, that message come true. Now, thousands of years ago, uh, God took a man by the name of Nehemiah, and he began to use this man to rebuild the walls of his city, the city of the king, Jerusalem. Uh, and for the last couple of weeks, several weeks, really, we have witnessed how the, God, the, the call of God prevailed upon the heart of Nehemiah, and he took great risks 
uh, uh, politically and personally to secure the resources and the permission he needed from the king to go back to his home community of Jerusalem and rebuild that, that, uh, that great city. But in his mind, and in his heart, there was nothing more important to Nehemiah than knowing the will of God, accomplishing and doing the will of God. It just meant more than anything to him. And I think the question that challenges your faith today and challenges, challenges my faith today is this. How can we so align ourselves? How can we so surrender to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit that no obstacle, uh, no fear, no threat, no dollar, actually, no dollar, can deter us from fulfilling God's purposes for our lives? That embracing God's vision for our lives is the only true way to life. And you know, when we think about that, we really only have two choices. It's pretty simple. It's not complicated. We like to complicate things, but this isn't complicated. We're either going to live for ourselves and our own self-centeredness, which really amounts to a life that looks like a monkey uh, chasing its tail. Uh, and this kind of happiness and fulfillment is eternally elusive and always leaves us feeling empty, wanting, searching, needing more and more. Or secondly... We can live like Nehemiah, and we can find the longing of our hearts at rest in selling out to Jesus. You know, I have never met anyone who's, who's sold out to Christ, sold out to Jesus, and come to the end of their lives and said, I really regretted having made that commitment and, and surrendering to Christ and giving my life uh, completely to him. Jesus himself said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. Uh, Christ wants the longing of our hearts to be filled and to be filled with himself as they were created to be. Now, in the first um, part of the chapter four of uh, Nehemiah, <clears throat> he arrives with permission from the king, protection from the king to build the walls of the city. Uh, but immediately when he arrives, he faces the anger of a Syrian leader named Sanballat. Uh, and this guy flew into a rage, and he mocked the Jews, he ridiculed the Jews, he ra he's a racist, he hated them. There was another political leader uh, of the Ammonites by the name of uh, Tobiah, and uh, he also hated the Jews, and he ridiculed them. He said, man, they're going to build a wall, and it will be so poorly constructed that if a fox walks on that wall, indeed, it's going to crumble. And uh, as we jump into the chapter, the story continues into the verses that we read for the day that Sanballat and Tobiah, they are pulling out all of the stops to keep Nehemiah and his crew from rebuilding the walls of the city that God had called them to do. They ridiculed the character of the builders. They mocked the sanity of Nehemiah. Um, they laughed at their insignificant and they questioned their commitment to God because they thought they would crumble and run in fear. They even threatened to bring arms against Nehemiah and the city once again to destroy it. Now, to make things worse, not just a threat from the outside, fear began to take hold of the people on the inside. Fear and doubt are corroding influences in our lives and in our community. And they're starting to take an incredible uh, a foothold on Nehemiah's people. Verse 12 says this, The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, 
they will come from all directions they're going to attack us the people said they're going to be coming at us from all sides you see nehemiah has this great thing god's called him to accomplish and suddenly here in chapter four there is deadly opposition uh, doing everything that they possibly can to stop him and, and bring him down. And on top of this now, the people are starting to become overrun with fear. Rebuilding this wall is looking harder and, and harder. There's more rubbish than they planned for. They're tired. The thrill of the project has worn off. And, and now their work has become deadly and fear is starting to take hold. So what do you do when the vision God has given you is under attack? What do you do when you really think, Lord, I've given my all to you, but I am discouraged. And uh, it just seems to be falling apart. There seems to be so much, so many people, so many issues, so many things stacked against me. Well, for Nehemiah, it wasn't complicated. It may have been difficult, but it wasn't complicated. The first thing he does, like he did like we see him in the previous chapters, uh, he prays. He said, read with me Nehemiah uh, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. He says, uh, then I prayed. I said, hear us, O Lord our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Don't ignore their guilt. Uh, don't blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. You know, um, Man, sometimes I think our first response uh, to threats is to get is to fight, and that's always the wrong move. And it is for me, and it is for you. And we see Nehemiah gives himself to prayer here. It's it, it, it's it's the right thing to do with the naysayers. Uh, in Acts four, when the apostles are threatened. Uh, that they should not any longer speak in the name of Jesus. Listen to their prayer. They said, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And so, you know, uh, Nehemiah, man, and we need to stand with him and we need to believe um, that we serve a God who calls us to serve him, and he's walking with us, man. Uh, he is active. He participates in our lives. He makes things happen. He, he breaks down barriers. He moves walls, and he, he, he gives us the strength beyond our own capabilities. Nehemiah is a, a person of prayer, man, and he's given himself to that. Now, the second thing here is, is again, pretty simple, but uh, he as we see previously he keeps working and planning uh we see throughout the rest of chapter four nehemiah never substituted prayer for hard work and common sense you see uh one of the dangers of the opposition is that fear can be immobilized i think in every area of life fear is immobilizing i know this about the arts and acting singing, uh, I know this about athletics, um, that confidence and faith are needed to perform freely and to do your best. And that fear uh, is immobilizing, okay? And, and, and fear is immobilizing to a life of courage and faith and commitment to Jesus. And, and, uh, and so, um, 
man, we can't let this fear immobilize us. We're called to action that has faith. So Nehemiah didn't stop working. In fact, Nehemiah's team worked even harder uh, after these challenges are received. You see, it was normal to work until sunset, but we see Nehemiah is, is uh, he worked till the stars came out. The people not only worked harder, but they formulated a defensive strategy, right? They did a defensive strategy while they carried on the work. He says, so I placed armed guards behind the lowest places of the wall. The lowest places of the wall simply means the most vulnerable places where the enemy may attack them. And, and so he, he placed them there to protect the city. Now, I can't resist this in this time of COVID. You know, um, and I won't dwell on it too long, but I must say this. Uh, some of our well-meaning brothers and sisters want to imply sometimes that if we take common sense steps to ensure safety uh, regarding the COVID virus, that we are not trusting God. And I would just like to say this. The life and faith of Nehemiah clearly demonstrates in a crisis that praying and planning and working belong together, right? And it does in our whole life of faith. And that's all I have to say about that. The last thing I want to touch on really quickly here is the importance of remembering the faithfulness of God. You see, not only did Nehemiah keep praying and working, but he remembered. God's a God of covenant faithfulness, folks. He remembered uh, who it was that called him. He remembered who it was that prepared the way in talking to the king. And he remembered who it was that brought him to Jerusalem. Nehemiah remembered God was faithful. He remembered what could and should be in Jerusalem. And those memories and that uh, the, the power of God uh, in those memories caused him to continue in spite of opposition and everything that was arrayed against him. You see, I think in our culture, in our time, remembering is a funny thing for us. It's kind of foreign to our culture, but uh, the Hebrews actually, uh, if they were rowing a boat, they kind of would row backwards, looking, looking back to go forward. They were always looking back at the faithfulness of God because they knew they could, uh, they could go forward because God had been faithful to them uh, in the past. We need to remember, man, all the faithful things God has done to us in the past, to remember his faithfulness, to remember everything that God has done to get us to the point that we are at. Nehemiah 4.14 says, Then I looked over the situation, and I called together the leaders and the people, and I said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and fight for your friends, your families, and your homes. Remember the Lord. You know, what was... Uh, David's battle cry on the field as he approached, as he saw Goliath, the giant. He saw, all of Israel was trembling in their boots in the military. David looked at the giant. He was just a little peewee shepherd boy at the time. And he asked the question, it made perfect sense to David. He said, uh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, David remembered uh, who he belonged to. And Nehemiah remembered who he belonged to, and he shared that with the, the people of God. And so Nehemiah calls us uh, as we surrender to God, and we hear God's call to surrender to Jesus fully, that uh, to remember the possibilities and to remember 
whose we are and, and who we belong to. Now, I read a great story recently about a physical education teacher uh, in Texas who attended a, a great church um, in the poorest uh, neighborhood of a city in central Texas. And um, uh, this church uh, felt that they were not called to erect uh, big buildings or necessarily even to start a lot of programs, but the members were called simply to go out and invest their lives in the local people by hanging out with them and loving them. And the story goes that uh, through this process, one of the teachers, uh, her heart began to break. The teacher's name was uh, Bonnie. And one day, Bonnie walked into uh, a licensed daycare uh, to pick up a friend's daughter. And she was shocked at what she found. She, she was uh, shocked to find that one of the workers was asleep in the bedroom. In another dark room, the caregiver was sitting with children drinking beer. And um, this was Bonnie's Nehemiah experience. Her heart quickened, and she knew that God was giving this problem to her. And so she returned to her church and uh, she gathered support and she began to pray and, and she began to act. And uh, the neat part of this is, is the church took their time and they gathered, actually gathered as a community and they prayed, they deliberated, they prayed, and then they planned. And, and the report goes that at, at first the plan was sketchy, maybe even naive, some thought hopelessly optimistic, but Bonnie and the church were faithful to seek God's help moving forward. It wasn't long before they found an abandoned uh, building in the neighborhood. A local foundation gave them a grant to purchase the building. Uh, they began the process of raising money, volunteers, and resources uh, to renovate everything. And uh, three years have passed since Bonnie's initial vision of what God was calling her to do at that place. And uh, right now, this is a... A, a mental health therapeutic uh, daycare nursery for, for infants and toddlers. And it's breaking the cycle of multi-generational urban poverty for 16 neighborhood children and their families. And um, man, this place, this place hosts uh, regular parenting meetings, a free medical clinic, a, a swimming pool for neighborhood kids on the sweltering Texas days. And it's all because a physical education teacher uh, in the middle of Texas uh, had a Nehemiah moment where she saw that God was calling her to something far greater than herself. You see, um, friends, I, I believe God is calling you, and, and I think God's calling me, God is calling our community, Evergreen Ministries, uh, to be something, and to do something greater than ourselves. He's calling us to be and do something where we can't accomplish it unless uh, God shows up. And uh, anyone who wants uh, this kind of a vision of life needs to remember uh, that when we get down, when we get discouraged, that we have a God that is faithful and will will see us through. And so, man, I want to encourage you to uh, uh, spend some time this week, uh, study the book of Nehemiah, look again at chapter four, and 
and see how God provides and see how God gives us the gifts to be faithful. And so, uh, hey, let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for uh, this good word today from chapter four. Uh, we want to be committed to you and uh, Lord, help us to deal with the obstacles personally, corporately from doing that. So we surrender anew. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. And um, it's really been great sharing with you tomorrow, this morning.